Hello, everybody, and a happy Monday to you all. At least I'm going to guess that you're listening to this on Monday, although it could be some other time during the week. This is the opening tee podcast for the Bermuda Championship, and maybe a little bit of a different pace here as we've had the best players in the world play the last two weeks as they tune up for the Masters, which, believe it or not, just in two weeks' time. Can you believe that? Not too far away here. And we'll have two weeks of maybe a little bit of a different pace to it. Maybe not a different pace, but certainly different names in the field. This week we're heading to Bermuda, as I said, for the Bermuda Championship. And a course that we've uh, seen just once before. The PGA Tour now in its second year for the Bermuda Championship. Played at, at Port Royal Golf Club. And of course, Bermuda still under UK sovereignty there. So no surprise to see this be one of the names, but... Before we get into all of that in this week's field, which goes very deep, we're going to have to dig super deep this week to build out our lines, and we'll get into a little bit of that first, but we're going to go for my foursome of facts from the previous week, where I talk about all the stuff from around the world of golf, and of course, so much more, well, not so much more, just in terms of the world of golf, we're going to break down the European Tour, we're going to break down the PGA Tour, Now, I'm not going to break it down fully, of course. This is only a 15-minute pod, and this is your first time joining the opening tee pod. Uh, This is the first of three in my weekly golf podcast series for the Osmo Golf Podcast. Comes out to be just about an hour, maybe sometimes a little over, maybe sometimes a little bit under. Uh, So we just try to keep it short and sweet. I try to give you the information in spurts rather than in a full one-hour marathon. Just gives you the information at a different point during the week so that we can start to build into a uh, lineup and, of course, into our player pools this week. So, without further ado, let's end to the foursome of facts from the previous week. And we're going to start off with my guy, Patrick Cantlay. He is back and in form as, his, as he's able to kick the Sunday blunders there. And he wins it by shooting seven under. He shot in the 60s in all four rounds. It was a beautiful performance. While John Rahm and Justin Thomas, though, they don't look too far off. They look like they're streaking into the Masters. And, of course, you know, very tough to win two starts in a row. So maybe they're not that upset with their runner-up finish. And, of course, Bryson DeChambeau still lurks there. He was not playing the last couple of weeks as he prepares for the Masters himself. So good to see some of the best players in the world performing at their best as we head into the most favorite, or my most favorite tournament of the year, I should say. Okay, the third one here, we're going to talk about Ryan Palmer and Sebastian Munoz. These guys just love the fall circuit. That's the third year in a row now that they've had a good performance in it, especially with Ryan Palmer. We know uh, Munoz won the Sanderson Farm last year, and while Munoz might have come in a tee for, I think it was 15th for the tournament or 14th for the tournament, he put up one of the top five DraftKings points scored. So just these guys, I don't know if it's the time of the year that they like to play or what it may be, or it just happens that it's just a good course fit each time of the year. But regardless, uh, that's where we are. So last one I'm going to talk about is Ross McGowan. After Laurie Cantor on the European tour there went out, to a 61 in round one, he could not win it. Ross McGowan, over the four rounds, was able to catch him. So an interesting one there. Certainly uh, some names that I wanted to bring up, maybe that you know. Andre Arnoux from Spain. I like to play him when I play over there on the European Tour. He had a top five, as well as Martin Keimer, former major winner there. So just interesting to note if you like to play on the European Tour. 
Okay, normally I'd go into my uh, made or miscut sweat segment. as That's a really fun one. It's great content. But, of course, we had a no-cut the last two weeks, so we do not have to talk about that, of course. So, we're going to tell you just quickly about what we got going on over at the Awesome Plus side of things. Now, listen, you can get access to the industry-leading projections, ownership, and so much more for all of our sports that we here offer at Osmo Plus with a weekly pass for just $29.95. This includes full access to all the premium content and tools on Osmo.com, including player projections, ownership projections, premium Slack chat, and so much more. And listen, if you're only looking for PGA, though, want to come join Ben and I as Ben goes down his FW Fantasy World Golf Championship track and... Maybe I'm getting a little bit into groove. Finally had a nice winning week this previous week. Come join us. Just $8.95 for the week. This is the week you want to do it. We're going to tell you about all of these players in this field so that you can make your very best PGA DFS lineups. And like I said, you're going to have to dig deep. And we're going to get into that here in just a couple of minutes on who's in this field. So uh, stop guessing, start winning, and join Osmo Plus today. All right, let's talk about a statistical review now since we don't have that cut sweat segment. So let's start off with strokes hanging off the tee. Scotty Scheffler. John Rahm, Joaquin Neiman, Webb Simpson. Oh, Webb Simpson up there. Jason Kolkrak, Bubba Watson, Victor Hovland, Harry Higgs, Ryan Palmer, Justin Thomas, and Roy McIlroy round out the top 10 or so. Now, when we switch over to driving distance and accuracy, I already did the correlations here, and it looks like it's, it's pretty much even at 50-50. Some of the guys show up on both lists, so let's talk about driving distance. Cam Tramp, we saw him. He's, uh, Cam Tramp, actually, he wasn't in the top 10. I'm sorry. And Strokes getting off the tee this week. I apologize. So no correlation there, but certainly is with a little bit with Rory, Tony Finau, Matthew Wolf, Jason Kokrak, Bubba Watson, Jason Day, Dylan Fratelli, Justin Rose, John Rahm, Chan Kim, Danny Lee, and Scotty Scheffler. So Scotty Scheffler and Bubba Watson, as well as John Rahm and Roy McIlroy. So about a five-person crossover there. But now we go to Webb Simpson. He hit 92% of his fairways this week, so his off-the-tee game certainly working, and that certainly helped him gain some strokes off the tee this week. So certainly a couple of ways to get it done, right? We saw uh, certainly the guy that led off the tee, Scotty Scheffler. He was in the top 10 in driving distance, but he was also in the top 6 in driving accuracy. Same goes for John Rahm. He was in the top 10 in driving distance, in the top 3 in driving accuracy. Russell Henley up there, Jason Kokrak. Saw him in both of those as well. So definitely some good crossover between the driving accuracy and distance this week. And if that's if you had a combination of both, it was certainly a really, really good thing to be in these fairways this week with how nice and good the greens were rolling. Birdies were flying all over the place. Okay, let's go on to a strokes gain on the approach. Russell Henley, man, his irons are otherworldly almost right now. Sebastian Munoz, second in the field. Carlos Ortiz, how about that? There's a showing there. Carlos Ortiz was three. Kevin Kisner, four. Tyler Duncan, five. John Rom six. Sanders Shoffley, Patrick Cantlay, Matt Wolf, Sanjay M, Tony Finau, and Tom Hoagie round out the top ten or so. Now we look at greens and regulation. John Rom led the field this week. Russell Henley, number two. Tony Finau, Sanders Shoffley, Sanjay M, Jess Janawatan, Cam Smith, Takumi Kanaya. Bubba Watson, Brian Harmon, Matt Fitzpatrick, Victor Hovland, Patrick Cantlay, and Lanto Griffin are your top 10 in greens and regulation. So a lot of crossover, as you can imagine. Uh, Russell Henley, John Roms, Andrew Shuffley, Pat Cantlay, Sungjae Im, Tony Finau. So uh, just a ton of crossover between greens and regulation and strokes again on the approach. Sorry, that last one, Tony Finau was not in both. Just wanted to make that clear. 
Okay, around the green, I'd just like to mention these guys, especially with Augusta coming up. If these guys are certainly able to get themselves up and down maybe a little bit uh, more than the average, um, then uh, certainly they could at least be there for the weekend. And sometimes at the Masters, it's just getting six of six through. So we got Joel Damon. He was fantastic around the green. Alex Norton had a nice bounce back week. Colin Morikawa, Dylan Fratelli, Kevin Na, Young Hanan. Harris English, Russ Henley, Mackenzie Hughes, Pat Cantley, and Cameron Champ. So Cameron Champ finding a bit of a short game. And it shows you what happens when you find a bit of a short game for him, let me tell you. Crazy. Um, T8 or T7, I think it was, for, for Cam Champ this week. And uh, didn't really have that good of a putter. Uh, just a good performance from him. So it'll be fun to see him. I think he should be in the field. Yeah, he should be in the field. He's a tournament winner at the Masters coming up. Uh, so we'll see him play Augusta for the first time. Um, okay, let's uh, move on to Strokes Game putting this week. And no surprise if you were following my weekend content that it's Lanto Griffin leading the field this week. Satoshi Gadairos 2, Danny Berger. How about that? He's getting his putter in form for Augusta. Jason Kokrak, two straight weeks where his putter stays hot. Justin Thomas, Camp Smith, Jordan Spieth. Hey, how about that? First time in the last 10 or 11 weeks that Jordan Spieth found himself in the top 10 in Strokes Game Putting. Justin Rose was also there. Mark Hubbard, Pat Cantlay, Ryan Palmer, Kevin Na, Patrick Reed, and how about this? Corey Connors. That's how he got into the top 10. Anytime Corey Connors finds himself in the top 10 of Strokes Game Putting, you can almost bet on him being top 10 of the tournament with how good his Strokes Game ball striking are. And the last guy, Mackenzie Hughes, finding the putting stroke as well. Tony Finau, also just on the outside looking in of the top 10. Putts per GIR. This one's a, a weird one. Matthew Wolf, man, he just really struggled. But when he got on the green, he made his putts. Showing that, you know, the course history angle, I guess, a little pop. He scored 97.5 points but didn't have a good week. Um, probably going to outscore his DraftKings points to finish points. Be one of the biggest movers there. Mark Hubbard, uh, putts per GIR. Jordan Spieth, Tom Hoagie, Lanto Griffin, Phil Mickelson, Kevin Kisner, Pat Reed, Ryan Palmer, Ty Hatton. Justin Rose and Kevin Na finish it off. So a lot of the same guys, which no surprise in that one. Um, although that one, the, the putts per green regulation, could be a product of both strokes gain putting and strokes gain on the approach. Or for that matter, scrambling. It's kind of all three of them combined. If you're hitting your approaches close and scrambling close, you're not going to have that many putts per the green in regulation. Also, if you're making the long putts, you're also not going to. So maybe a little combination there of both. But that's why we use each individual statistic to see exactly where they're getting it done okay that's going to do it for my uh, roundup of last week uh, more specifically on the zozo championship uh, certainly as uh, the pga tour winds down which after the masters we still get ohl mayakoba so still one week after that and actually two there might even be a couple i think we get the rsm classic there as well but the European Tour will kick off most of December uh, after the OHL Mayakoba. They've got a couple events there, so we will cover them uh, when the time comes. But for now, we'll focus, of course, on the PGA Tour. And the reason being is the Bermuda Championship. You know, very similar to what we think with the Corrales. Well, we've got $200,000 to first place GPPs this week, which you got to love when, you know, not many people know who, what the golfers are or who the golfers are in the field. I always believe that that should increase the edge of people doing the research. Uh, we'll see, of course, if that comes to fruition this week. But the $10 is offering on DraftKings, of course, that I'm talking about, uh, is offering 100 k to first, and so is the $888 buy-in. The $200 buy-in is offering 30 k to first uh, and 25 k to first for the $5 buy-in. 
Also, the Masters Contest for both sites are posted, which is a nice thing to see. A $200,000 first place going on over at FanDuel. But maybe I saved a little bit of the best for last as DraftKings has put out two millionaire makers, a $20 buy-in, and for all you super high rollers out there, a $4,500 buy-in with two million guaranteed, and the $20 has four million guaranteed. So some great DFS contests. If you had stock in just specifically DFS golf, uh, your stock's doing pretty good this year as it has grown significantly. Okay, let's learn a little bit about the Bermuda Championship this week, and as I mentioned, Point Royal Golf Club. It is a uh, the scoring average is a just uh, shade under uh, seventy, so it, it, it ranks you know one of the easiest I would say on tour in terms of uh, scoring average, um, uh, especially when you see a minus twenty four winner, which was one of the lowest winners last year. Scoring and birdies will be a plenty this week. The officially par seventy one this week, which is maybe a little bit of a change. We've got four par threes measuring 148, 213, 230, and 230. Both the last two of them are over 230 yards. Of course, it's going to change every day depending on where they put the tees on the tee box and which tee box they use, of course. 12 par fours, 438, 458, 380, 370, 380, 350, 440, 380, 390, 412, but not really drivable, except, you know, Bryce is not in this field, so certainly not drivable by most of the field. It obviously brings driving accuracy into it because you're going to have a lot of wedges. Even if you take driver in, let's say Aaron Wise, who was in the top 10 last year, takes driver into these, he's still going to have 40 or 50 yards. Well, Aaron Wise from 40 or 50 yards or Brendan Todd from 100 yards, and you're probably getting pretty even in terms of proximity to the hole on those shots. So um, I wouldn't suspect that there's too much difference in terms of proximity, at least at, between those two guys. So that's why you probably don't get as much of an advantage from distance players here this week. Three par fives are also another reason why you wouldn't. 553, 517, and 507, all really short. And of course, I already mentioned, uh, maybe I didn't mention, sorry. I did mention in my first cut, however, which is, uh, of course, live and free on the Osmo.com website currently right now. Uh, I mentioned that... The par 5 on the front side is one of the easiest holes on the PGA Tour. Had 25 eagles and 240 birdies. Almost three times as many birdies as pars. Crazy. And 17% of the total scoring, total drafting scoring for the week comes on that one hole. So you better have, uh, you better uh, be paying attention on that one because if you do not birdie it, you are definitely losing maybe even a half a stroke to three quarters of a stroke against the field. Crazy. It uh, features uh, Port Royal Golf Club, features Tiff Eagle Bermuda. Uh, so it's a, you know maybe just a little bit of a nicer form of uh, what I would say Bermuda. We don't have uh, the Greenskeeper report out yet. I don't know if we're going to get it. They don't normally do it for international events. So we're not going to be able to tell you average green size or water hazards or bunker or rough length at this point. But suspect that minus 24 uh, with the winner and a lot of minus 18s out there as well. Uh, I suspect that the rough length probably won't be above two or three inches. Somewhere similar to what Corrales Championship was a couple weeks ago. When we move on to facts and figures, though, we got we do have statistics from last year, so we can actually go ahead and measure that. So 
One of, uh, so off the tee is what we're going to start with. I run through the four strokes game categories uh, and talk about them. So first one is off the tee. One of the major differences between here and Corrales is actually the driving accuracy. Ranked 40th out of 44 courses last year with only a 54% fairway hit rate. Well, now you can understand why somebody like Brendan Todd, who hit over 70% of his fairways and had a good approach game and had a lights-out putter, uh, could get it done. So um, on the other side, however, uh, distance uh, ranked fourth longest. So driving accuracy, fourth toughest to hit. Driving distance, fourth longest on the average drive at 306 yards. That means a lot of drivers, even on those short par fours, so interesting. I'd love to see Bryson play here, but there's no chance Bryson will ever be coming to the Bermuda Championship ever again. Um, regardless, uh, let's move on to approach on the green. Exactly two-thirds of the greens were hit in regulation here last year, ranking it somewhere in the middle, 24th on the tour last year. Around the green, the green complexes must be on the easier side, according to the numbers. Uh, scrambling was 61% of the time the players got up and down. Ranks some on the easier side, like I said, uh, somewhere in the top 15 easiest. And then lastly, the greens, when you're on it, there's they're on the little bit of a trickier side. Um, it ranked 30th out of 45th last year in terms of putting average. But with the winning score being minus 24, honestly, it can't be all that difficult. Uh, but certainly when you hear the course layout, uh, which is designed by Robert Trent Jones Sr., uh, is not that difficult. Now, who's going to be here to compete this week? This is going to be a little interesting category. As the winner of the Masters, Danny Willett, that's how he's getting into this field. Winner of the Open Championship, Henrik Stenson, that's how he's getting into this field. The Arnold Palmer Invitational saw Jason Duffner win it a couple of years ago. That's his exemption into it. Tony Winners is next uh, of the last two years, of course. And then Career Money, we got a couple of those. Luke Donald, Hunter Mahan, and Bo Van Pelt getting in. Then some sponsor invites. We got a bunch of them this week. Anthony Phipps. If Phipps, yeah, I think I said that right. He's a grinder who's now playing on the minor league tours. He went to Florida A&M, graduated maybe four or five years ago. Uh, Michael Sims, he's uh, missed the cut here last year, so obviously he's got some type of connection to this Bermuda Championship event. He doesn't have many starts outside of that. Fred Funk, here's an interesting one. Fred Funk is bringing his son along, Taylor Funk, in a Davis Love uh, scenario, which we haven't seen Fred Funk use that that much. But Taylor, uh, who is Fred's son, um, he's missed... Uh, he's made one cut as a professional in 12 tries. Next one, Jordan Gumberg. Out of 20 starts as a pro, he's only made three cuts. And these are all on the lower tours. None of these guys have actually made a cut on the PGA Tour. James Nichols, uh, he's from Yale. He graduated last year. He has Corn Ferry Tour status for this year. So I don't know about a player that necessarily might be in play, but he could be. Um, James Nichols uh, played pretty decently in the Corn Ferry Tour. And then here's an interesting one. Actually, in three interesting ones to finish it up John Oda here's this guy coming out of UNLV he left a year or two early and he was supposed to be the next real good thing came out a year before the Morikawa uh, group Morikawa Wolf Hovland Sue, who's also in this field we'll get to him in a little bit um, but just never materialized uh, and had a good decent year on the Corn Ferry but not enough to get him a uh, promotion and now has really struggled uh, recently He's had a couple of missed cuts, no finishes in the top 10, but he's got a ton of talent, and we know that even with somebody like Justin Sue, who we've seen in the, in the previous weeks and most recent weeks, play really well and give himself maybe a chance to get him a, a PGA Tour card, uh, but uh, we're going to need a lot of that from John Oda this week, or he's going to need a lot out of that, I should say. 
Uh, he did, if we're looking for any correlation, he came in second in the Bahamas event on the Corn Ferry Tour last year, which, you know, it's another seaside course that they use at the Exuma Bahamas Open or whatever it's called there. Okay, the next two are another pair of brothers. So we got a father-son, and now we got a pair of brothers as Ali Schneiderjans. There's a name from the past. Him and his younger brother, Luke, who just graduated uh, from uh, college, they're both going to get a start here this week as they travel to Bermuda. Ali looking for a career resurgence, and maybe his brother being in the field and being there with him will give it to him. And Luke obviously looking for a career starter. Okay, the last one is a local Bermuda golfer in the field, Kamiko Smith. Now we got one of the more interesting exemptions, a commissioner exemption. He gets two foreign players. I've never heard of this exemption. It must be for these type of events or fields. As Rasmus Hogard, he gets one of them. And if you uh, haven't uh, listened to these opening tee pods, when I do talk about the European Tour, you might not have heard about this guy, but certainly a tremendous talent, uh, a teenager still coming out of the European Tour. Uh, from Denmark. Uh, he is absolutely just ripped through it since the return of professional golf. And excited to see him get a start. And maybe if he could piece together a couple of good ones, or hey, just go out and win this one, we'd see him on the PGA Tour quite a bit more, I bet. So Rasmus Hogard certainly a name to look out for. We already have the Open qualifying since it is an international site. They did the Open qualifying a couple of weeks ago. Michael Miller, Seth Reeves, who we've uh, seen before, and Danny Walker. Don't know Miller or Walker. If I think uh, either of them are worth something, I will definitely look it up. But uh, Seth Reeves in the field. Then we get the top 125 uh, from last year on the FedEx Cup that would like to play. Then top 125 non-member, that's Will Gordon. He's getting in there this week. Then we got Major Medical. We've got Kevin Stadler, Graham Dillette, Jamie Lovemark, Camilo Vijegas, Wes Bryan, Kelly Kraft, who is another seaside guy, Corrales Connection. Maybe he'll be in play this week. And DA points. We get top 10 from the previous event. Peter Malnani, Will Zalatoris, and Justin Sue. So two names there. I mean, Peter Malnani even uh, working off back-to-back top 10s. Will Zalatoris, as I mentioned at the top, he needs a made cut to uh, get into that non-member category that I just mentioned about Will Gordon. And then before him, of course, Dr. Redman doing it. And they, of course, obtained their PGA Tour, their non-member card, through the special temporary membership which, like I said again, Will Zalatoris gets it this week if he makes the cut. Another guy that is chasing down a special temporary membership is Justin Sue, guy that I uh, certainly have enjoyed rostering uh, the past couple of weeks, but I think I'm going to probably have to roster him above 8,000 this week. That's my prediction, and yes, I don't think the oddsmaker are going to give me a chance to give him in six figures either. I suspect he'll come in at like 66 to 1, and he'll be in that mid-eight range, and you know what? We just saw him play well at Corrales, the seaside course, and he's got a lot riding on the line. He's playing some really good golf, and if he keeps it up, I'll tell you what, he'll be on the PGA Tour before we know it, playing with his buddies or with his uh, classmates, I should say, Morikawa, Wolf, and Hovlet. Okay, still a couple more here. The 2018-2019 Corn Ferry Tour reorder, that gets a bunch through. Even a minor medical gets into this field this week. Patrick Harrington using one of those. And we've got the 125 to 150, and then the Beyond 150 is starting to get in the field this week. Five of those guys from Beyond 150 are in. So you can see any more dropouts will come from that category. And uh, yeah, it's a pretty pretty weak field, all all told. But hey, that doesn't mean that there isn't a lot of money to play for, because there certainly is, as I already mentioned, 100K up top on DraftKings this week. So what stats are important? Well, 
I think because there's no drivable par fours and the par fives are all short, I don't think off the tee is going to matter this week. I really think it's going to be a big focus on the strokes gain on the approach and the strokes gain putting, which has happened the last couple of weeks, but certainly in big time scoring events, that's what it ends up being. Off the tee ends up helping you in those mid to a lower scoring events, but these ones that, that get to 20 under, of course you need off the tee, but it's likely because off the tee is super easy that the score ends up being that low anyway. So just seeing on the approach and putting. Okay, let's go to salary guesses. And, you know, Brendan Todd is the only player, at least that I saw, that is playing in this week that played last week at the Zozo. So as long as he doesn't withdraw, I think they, DraftKings ends up just going ahead and pricing Todd up at 11000 maybe 10800 somewhere in that range. They've already shown us that they are not afraid to price Will Zalatoris up here. I think he comes in at 10.8K. I think Doc Redmond's the next guy at 10.2. I think they slide Henrik Stenson in here at 10K. Harold Varner, who's uh, heading to Bermuda this week, at 9.8. And I think Rasmus Hogard, Luke List, I think they're in this range next at 9.6, 9.7. And again, you know, I'm just looking, um, you know, guessing on the players on the field. Normally it would go by OWGR, but it's not going to go there. Then I could have put Danny Willett up at 10K or... Tom Lewis, for that matter. Tom Lewis might get in the mid-8s, but certainly not above 9.5. So definitely an interesting breakout this week for my salary guesses. Not one that I'm very confident in. The last few that I, I've been quite confident on, and I've, I've done pretty good. Um, I've got the fact that they're, they were going to throw Xander up at the top this week, um, and I got pretty much everybody above there. So not bad, but this one, got to be honest, I don't feel as confident. So Thank you all for coming and joining my opening teapot. It's a little bit longer this week, and that's because I had more players to talk about in terms of how they got into the field and who they are uh, since it is, again, the Bermuda Championship. So uh, thank you all for joining. Of course, if you're looking for more free content, we offer a ton of that on Osmo.com. Each and every day I'm putting out something new, something uh, fun, and something different. Uh, And hopefully it all leads you to building out some of the best DFS lineups I know I just uh, was looking at my Twitter there uh, this week and had a a subscriber hit for 15K, another one for a couple of K, so it was a pretty good week uh, for those that followed. We've been waiting for it, so I guess uh, we'll take it when they come. So until next time, everybody, thank you again for joining the Opening Tee Podcast, part of the Osmo Golf Weekly Podcast Series, which, of course, you can find on our podcast network by going to Osmo.com, checking the banner out that comes up right on that head page and clicking the podcast network. Or, of course, if you'd rather see this on YouTube or if it's just the way you listen to your content, of course, we are up on there. And coming soon, we're going to have a video feature to most of the podcast. Not this one um, right yet. Uh, This one is the last one to get it. But uh, the other two will have a video component to it. Of course, if you're just a podcast person, I'm not going to be changing any of that either. You'll still be able to listen to that. So, uh, again, thank you all for joining the opening teapot for the Bermuda Championship. And we will see you on the other side. Cheers.